Hello and welcome to ROI, Relevant or Irrelevant, the radio show where events of history are examined through the discussion of books, journal articles, papers, and presentations. Then historians and history buffs ask the question, what is relevant or irrelevant in today's world? My name is John Keeley. And my name is Jay Swords. This is the 407th show of ROI. And our guest for today's show is Dr. Lynn Brandt, retired professor of geology at the University of Northern Iowa. And we're going to be talking about the religious significance of geology. The history buffs for the show are Rick Sweet and Ed Broders. The show's theme song is Kayla's Theme, written and performed by Mark Sapsapital, and our producer and engineer, as always, is Dave Baker. This is the opening segment of the show, which we refer to as Faruk de Naran, and today we'll be talking about the religious significance of geology with Dr. Lynn Brandt, retired professor of geology at the University of Iowa. Welcome to the show, Dr. Brandt. Yeah, thank you. It's the University of Northern Iowa. Oh, I'm sorry. No, University of Northern Iowa. I apologize. I read that wrong. There Rick. Is a difference. Yeah, Rick will not forgive me of his sacred <laughs> institution. But, you know. Yeah, and my, I understand he's a graduate of you and I. Yeah, he's trying to figure that out, too. Yes. <laughs> Can you start us out with a little background on what religion is and its relationship with the physical world with our cultures throughout history? Well, I. Um, I posed the question in a, in a talk that I gave in, a, in an essay I wrote about uh, how uh, is geology related to religion, and I have defined religion a bit. I use Jerry Sonnison's class at UNI as a as a reference here, and he said that uh, religion is the uh, faith in a comprehensive symbolic picture of the whole of reality. And Ursula Goodnow, a scientist who wrote the book Depths, Sacred Depths of Nature, says any religion addresses two fundamental concerns, how things are in which things matter. And I think these are very similar. Um, the religion that was dominant a few hundred years ago in Europe uh, was Judeo-Christianity, and uh, much of the story about how things are and how things came to be uh, came out of the book of Genesis. And um, in the book of Genesis, it suggests that the uh, time began, time itself began just a few days before the creation of Adam and Eve. In those few crucial days, God created the earth and so on. Um, history since that time was thought, at that time, uh, to be the unfolding of events of humanity and humankind. The world uh, was understood to be created for humans, to be used by humans. And the earth is merely the stage for the big story, that being humankind. And according to Genesis, in the beginning, really was the beginning. Uh, there was no time before that. And uh, uh, one author says that Augustine said that creation was not an event in history because time itself began when uh, was created at that time. So uh, this is the idea that beginning of time itself uh, lasted, uh, the idea of that lasted well into the 17th century. Uh, also, um, hum humankind was the big show on Earth, uh, the big show. Uh, it uh, The stars and the planets and the sun and the moon revolved around uh, humanity, and uh, uh, we were told to 
go forth and dominate the earth uh, and uh, uh, multiply and so on. And um, uh, but so anyway, the the picture was that humankind was the whole story, and um, the picture began to crack when Copernicus suggested that maybe humans were not at the center of things, but there was still a time issue, and uh, that uh, came about later in uh, uh, in the 1700s and. There are a number of people that worked on this, of course, and a number of people that made contributions. But James Hutton, born in Edinburgh in 1726, uh, was instrumental in in making geology become alive as a science. Uh, He is referred to, although we don't agree with everything that he believed at the time, but he is referred to as the father of geology. And he... Uh, was proposing a much, much older Earth than just uh, Bishop Usher's 4004 B.C. And um, so the science of geology has pretty well got established from the late 1700s and early 1800s. And then, of course, uh, there was a, a long period of time of, of development of the geologic periods, geologic time, geologic eras, uh, the names we are familiar with as Cambrian, uh, Jurassic, Cretaceous, and so on, uh, this all came about uh, in the uh, 19th century. Um, so, so, Lynn, my, my question then is, how did a concept of geologic time develop, and what was the basis for it? So, so why do we? Why does Hutton and others begin to argue that the Earth is significantly older than six thousand years old? Well, Hutton was observing various things, uh, and um, one of the things he was he. He went to medical school, but he didn't practice medicine, and he had a farm, and he actually was a farmer. And for a number of years, he farmed on it and tried new techniques, and he he was observed things like erosion and so on. And he realized that rocks aren't formed very quickly, and it must take an awful long time. And then he went to a place uh, south of Edinburgh along the coast called Sicker Point, and he found uh, strata there standing on their ends, essentially, that were eroded off, and then more strata laid on top of that, and then that was eroded. And he realized this takes an awful long time to do that sort of thing. And um, so he he was one of the ones that was uh, saying that uh, it just, Bishop Usher's date of 4004 B.C. just could not stand up to the evidence. And... Uh, that's that was a large part of it. Okay, um, with his um, arguments definitely challenging. Um, well, at this time, the churches of Europe. Uh, what was I mean? We could kind of uh, assume that there was definitely going to be a backlash because um, there were people challenging uh, the church through the centuries before um, Hutton came around, but what was his initial response when his claims or his evidence showed that this was the contrary? Actually, there was, he wrote uh, two things, gave two presentations. One was in about 1788, uh, and that was published. 
And apparently there was a, a prefix to this, uh, or a preface, that uh, he with, didn't, didn't publish because he knew he would get in trouble with the church. Um, but by the time he wrote his main piece called The Theory of the Earth in 1795, um, I don't think there was a whole lot of disagreement with the church. I mean, there, are, there were elements, and there still are today. There are still the creationists today that don't believe in an old earth. But the people that were mostly arguing against his ideas uh, were mostly technical people. And a large number of the people who did groundbreaking work, foundation work in geology, were actually members of the clergy. Uh, and I'd I like to point out that uh, my advisor at Penn State uh, was an Anglican priest. And uh, so there wasn't really, at that point, there really wasn't that much of a um, backlash or argument with the church uh, in, as a whole. Uh, like I say, though, there are still people today, uh, the creationists who believe that uh, the earth is only a few thousand years old and and so on. Um, so, Lynn, we've been talking up to this point about basically a stratified identification of age looking at strata within the earth. Um, at what point did chemistry join the argument uh, in terms of... of uh, proper aging and time and how did that help um, sort of cement the the geological version of uh, time well uh, Hutton certainly laid on the ground for an old earth but uh, and the geologic time scale which we still use today is a relative time scale it tells what happened first and what happened next and so on but it doesn't tell anything about the time well, Lord Kelvin, a physicist in the late 19th century, uh, wanted to determine this uh, using physics. And he, he thought about how long it would take for an Earth that was molten at the beginning to cool down to its present temperature. And, and uh, a couple other approaches that he used. And he said that the Earth was no more than well, a few tens of millions of years, and he actually settled on an age of 20 million years. Uh, but uh, then at the, around the turn of the 20th century, the beginning of the 20th century, radioactivity was discovered. And these, this has enabled techniques that enabled what we refer to as absolute dating, actually put a number of years on a tiny zircon crystal or in uh, uh, various kinds of rocks and with other techniques. And uh, so the, we accept today the Earth is about 4.6 billion years old. That's a million, on the order of a million times older than Bishop Usher's date. And um, uh, let me give you a little bit of an idea how long that is. If we take and represent that 4,600 million years or 4.6 billion years, is represented by a 24-hour clock. Each second represents 53,000 years. All of human civilization fits into much less than one second in this 24-hour day. Now, this has obvious implications in the religious picture of humankind's place in in the universe. And um, 
I don't know if I answered your question. You did. And we have a lot more questions. So we oh, are good. going to come back after uh, our commercial. So stay tuned for the next segment of our show. This is ROI on KALA St. Ambrose University 106.1 FM. The KALA website is your one-stop spot to find out more about your favorite radio station. Submit a public service announcement, catch up on news about KALA, and listening to any of our three stations, 885-1061 or The Stinger, is just a click away. Visit KALAFM.org. That's KALAFM.org. Hello and welcome back to ROI, Relevant or Irrelevant, the radio show where events of history are examined through discussion of books, journal articles, papers, and presentations. Then historians and history buffs ask the question, what is relevant or irrelevant in today's world? My name is John Keeley. And my name is Jay Swords. This is the second segment of our show referred to as The Kitchen Table. Our guest for today is Dr. Lynn Brandt, retired professor of geology at the University of Northern Iowa, and we're talking about the religious significance of geology. Our history buffs for today's show are Rick Sweet and Ed Broders. Rick, as the amateur geologist of the group, you start us off. Amateur? Well, he always considers that I have rocks in my head. Yeah. They're in the garage. <laughs> Lynn, I was curious. Uh, read your read your um, article and uh, was wondering. Uh, the title of the the program is the religious significance of geology. Since the t- uh, turn of the twentieth century, uh, has there been substantial pushback among uh, religious organizations about uh, the fact that the uh, the Earth is four point uh, six billion years old and that we didn't have any organisms on the planet until about two billion years ago uh but has there been significant pushback from religious organizations as we go forward uh, there have been some uh the mainline protestant catholic jewish religious uh, communities uh accept this as uh just uh, the sky is blue type thing. Sure. And um, the the question one could ask, of course, uh, is that what was God doing doing during all this time uh, before humans came along? And maybe humans are not the main show in the universe after all. And uh, there we begin to touch on the religious. Um, like I say, many of the the religions today don't have any problem with this. But there are the creationists or creation science uh, intelligent design community that emerged in the 20th century among some fundamentalist Protestant groups. And uh, they disagree. They, they argue that uh, the Earth is only 6,000 years or something of that 10,000 years old. And uh, Robert Pennick who wrote uh, on this subject, points out that the young Earth creationists are especially anxious to discredit whatever they can of geologic evidence because it conflicts with the literal wording in Genesis. The creationists sometimes claimed that society's acceptance of the old Earth and evolution would promote slavery and prostitution and infidelity (laughs) and other immoral problems, uh, as if they hadn't existed before. (laughs) Uh, another another view uh, uh, rose creationists regarding geology um, 
was that, um, and I this was an English an English uh, author uh, said that it's a, according it's a hard way to explain away God creating an an already fallen world with suffering and so on, and so here we bring uh, the uh, field of geology slightly into the area of uh, the problems with the book of Job, and um, that's uh, um, that's that's what's going on at this time. Okay, uh, Ed. Um, thanks, John. Um, when uh, Dr. Brandt, when Charles Darwin published his theory of evolution, he got a lot of pushback um, from the religious community, um, saying that he was going against God, and this was you know heresy or whatever. But Darwin's answer, as I understand it, was, "Look, I didn't say who or what; I just said how." Um, did the same thing happen to Hutton? Uh, like I say, uh, I think Hutton's um, ideas were mostly disagreed with by by people who were also interested in studying the Earth, uh, the sort of the future geologists or or proto geologists. Uh, the um, the if you take religion as how how things are and what things matter, uh, every time somebody has come up with a different story of how things are, such as Copernicus and Galileo. Uh, they challenged the ideas of how things are at that time, and of course they got into trouble. Um, and so there are these people today who are creationists and fundamentalists, uh, believe in the inerrant word, every word in Genesis, that do have a problem with this. Uh, most other re religious groups do not. Okay. Doctor, uh, I went to, I'm, I think to my knowledge, the only one here that actually went to college in a Benedictine um, institution, and it always kind of amazed me with them is that you start off class saying the Our Father, Hail Mary, and then you would go straight into science. So you, they, it was like, okay, we've done what we had to do. Let's get to the subject matter, and that was it. So I guess my question for you, you've come along and said that certain churches have accepted it. When did this happen? Was it like a quick um, change, or is it pretty documented? Because when I went to B.C. in Atchison, Kansas, everybody that I knew that was in the sciences, they were – they followed the sciences. So is there a record of when these institutions start saying, you know what, we're going to go this way instead of the path that the creationists and others followed? Basically, I cannot answer that. I'm not that much of a historian. But uh, if you recall, maybe I'm old enough to recall this, that it was only in my lifetime that the Catholic Church uh, said that uh, Galileo uh, didn't do anything wrong, something to that effect. Um, but there wasn't any any objection to Galileo's ideas or Copernicus's ideas uh, for centuries before that. Um, but I, I basically I can't answer your question because I just don't not that much of a historian. Okay. All right, um, Lynn, you talked about the two elements of of religion and the second one, the the uh, what things matter. Um, I want to kind of address that uh, here. 
so it seems to me that particularly if we're talking about um, some of the um, radioactive dating processes and, and things like that, if you are going to overturn those concepts, if you're going to declare that those concepts are fatally flawed and therefore the time sequences that we're getting uh, are flawed as well, then it seems that you have to negate so many other things. You have to give up so many elements of chemistry and how chemistry works. You have to give up so many elements of geology and how geology works and, and the way that we use geology to gather resources. Um, it, it just feels to me that, that you're having to, you're, you're pulling the foundation out from a very tall building. Um, is, is that the way it feels to you as well? And, and does that become hard to make the argument within for example geology is it is it pretty difficult to make those sorts of arguments within the field at this point because of that well science uh science is a process uh, a human process and it's a, it's a process that tests ideas against uh, solid evidence there has been so much, so much that has been done in this area that nobody questions it anymore. You find Grandma's house by using your GPS in your car. Um, you know, we we go to the doctors when we have problems and we we get medicine or we get something else to take care of these problems. Uh, our whole world is based on. Um, technology that has been developed in various areas of science, and that's true of geology too. And uh, there's there's really no argument here in much of this science. The scientific information consists of ideas that are not tested, ideas that are tested, and ideas that are so well tested that they're accepted as facts. And uh, what we're talking about here in in organic evolution and the age of the earth is beyond uh, any rational questioning as to their accuracy. Um, we, we hear that it's only theories. Well, um, gravity is only a theory too, but uh, nobody jumps off roofs saying that it doesn't exist. <laughs> Rick, I think you're going to be the uh, last question here. All right. Lynn, uh, as in your uh, study for this um, article that you put together, have you pondered uh, why there are people who refuse to accept the, the validated and then revalidated and revalidated uh, data in science? Uh, I, I bring this up because I have a core sample from a – mine in western uh, Australia that uh, the mine manager gave and the the lower level is approximately uh, he figures 2.7 to 3 billion years old and I showed it to a couple neighbor, neighbors and they, they said that's not true that can't be and I just I had no response to them uh, have you pondered why these people just won't accept science yeah I think that there are a couple things. Uh, there are people who are knowledgeable but fraudulent 
Um, you caught me. You caught me. Finally, you caught me. They're they're fraudulent in preaching this young earth. And when I was in grad school, there was a fellow there who uh, didn't talk too much about what he was doing. He was was studying coal geology. And we found out when he got his Ph.D. that what he was really doing was getting a Ph.D. so he could go back to the Creation Institute in California and be on their, um, their faculty or their group as a Ph.D. scientist. And... Um, so you have a lot of fraudulence, uh, and then you have people who are fed this stuff and are are ignorant of what science really is and all the aspects of it. And I think many of them also are taught that you know if you don't believe in the in the word absolute word of the Bible, uh, you'll go to hell. Right. And uh, that scares people. I mean, it would scare me if I believed that. Right. Uh, so you're saying there's other Dr. Oz's in the world. Okay. Um, it is customary, um, Lynn, that we give the last word to you on our show. Why do you think knowing about the impact of sciences like geology on religious beliefs is relevant in today's world? Well, I think that um, we have seen the results of science uh, in many ways in our life and the development of the vaccines and the record time here against the COVID virus is a, a good example of why science is important. Um, and and geology, uh, you know, a lot of people look at it as rocks for jocks, uh, <laughs> does have significance. And geology was the first science that really said that, you know, we got an old earth here. And uh, biology came along and said, yeah, it takes a lot of time to develop these species of plants and animals. And finally, the astronomers, when they realized that the size of the universe, said, yeah, this, is, this has to be old. So um, geology was really uh, in the beginning of this in establishing that the Earth and the universe is really very old. All right. When we come back, we're going to wrap things up. So please stay tuned. This is ROI at KALA San Ambrose University, 106.1 FM. You're listening to Relevant or Irrelevant. This series is produced at St. Ambrose University's KALA Radio and has been honored by the Midwest Broadcast Journalists Association and the Iowa Broadcast News Association for excellence in public affairs journalism. You can hear this edition of ROI and many previous programs in this series by visiting Spotify, Google Podcasts, SoundCloud, plus Apple Podcasts. ROI airs Friday nights at 9.30 p.m. on KALA HD2 and can also be heard at 106.1 FM in the metropolitan Quad City area. You can stream this show every Friday night at TuneIn.com. Search for KALA HD2. This concludes the 407th show of ROI, Relevant or Irrelevant. Our producer and engineer is Dave Baker. Our program manager is Rick Sweet. And our theme song for today's show is titled Kayla's Theme, which was written and performed by Mark Zap Zaptel. My name is John Keeley. And my name is Jay Swords. We'd like to thank our guest, Dr. Lynn Brandt, retired professor of geology at the University of Northern Iowa, who talked to us about the religious significance of geology. 
The history buffs for today's show were Rick Sweet and Ed Broders. This is ROI, relevant or irrelevant, on KALA. The views expressed on this show are not necessarily those of St. Ambrose University or KALA. We would like to wish all our listeners to experience the great Basutu proverb, Hotso Pulanala, peace, reign, and prosperity. And remember, historians are horrible fortune tellers. Good night.